Welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could please hit the subscribe button, it means so much. It helps us with algorithms and guests and just knowing what the heck you want to listen to. So please hit the subscribe, thumbs up, and the bell for notifications. Today on the show is Dr. Craig Conover. He's a health and human performance expert in nutrition and science-proven protocols. Uh, he is the founder of Conover Wellness as well as Conover Aesthetics. I met Dr. Conover a couple of years ago. I've been to Charleston to his clinic and had the whole car wash of things there. We had all kinds of different modalities and IVs. And his wife, Kelly, does all the skincare, so she's quite the skin wizard. So that's where I fell in love with the RF microneedling and the cool peel that now I work with the company Cartessa, whose machines were used on me. So great, great, like relationship came from that, but they do such a great job. And you know, what he does really well is he's able to balance sort of the practicality and the mental side of things with the biological impact and what the science says. And really it's a matter of trial and error. You know, we talked about all kinds of different modalities like NAD, peptides, semaglutide and trizepatide, stem cells, exosomes, PRP, you know, all the different things that are out there that you might be curious about. So, you know, he has a really cool thing coming to his practice called the Choose Your Adventure where you can sign up online and he can help you with it. So at the end of this episode, you'll really get into like a little example of what it's like to be one of his patients and get your Choose Your Adventure based on what it is that you want to have more of. So please enjoy this episode and let me know what you think in the comments. Hey, exciting announcement. Buy Optimizer's Black Friday mega sale is happening now and will last through the entire month of November. And listen carefully because this mega deal is available only for my listeners with only my code. We all know the importance of sleep when it comes to our overall well-being. And while some might say you can't buy a good night's sleep, I'm here to tell you that yes, you absolutely can. I'm talking about Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, a true game changer in the quest for a better night's sleep. It's a product I trust because it combines all seven critical forms of magnesium into one convenient bottle. So keep in mind that when you supply your body with these essential magnesium forms, you're in for an incredible upgrade. Magnesium supports a balanced inflammatory response, promotes healthy restorative sleep, relaxation, calmness, and a better stress response. Bioptimizer's Black Friday mega sale is happening right now and lasting through the entire month of November. The biggest discount you can get and amazing gifts with purchase are available only on my page, bioptimizers.com slash Danica with the code Danica10 at checkout. Choose health this Black Friday. Your well-rested, calmer, and healthier self will thank you. Remember, it's bioptimizers.com slash Danica with code Danica10. So I met you through uh, Ben Greenfield a couple right. of years ago. Uh, it was like a Christmas miracle when he sent me a message. I think it was literally like on Christmas for some reason or New Year's Day or something. It was like really like on the day. And he was like, oh, I think you need to meet this doctor. He's really great. There it started, which would have been over almost two years ago. And it was so refreshing to talk to you because you're like, let's get things simplified. You don't need to take so much stuff. Like there's, there's such a mental side of it too, where you can just overdo it mentally and overwhelm yourself more than necessary. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. That's like music to my ears because I've been taking 40 pills a day and doing... 
seven different protocols a day. And it's just like so much. And so like, I really appreciated that, but that started like a really great partnership, but then really friendship because we hit on so many other levels uh, in our interests um, and our belief system than we do in just trying to be healthy. Maybe, maybe a little bit of groundwork, like what led you into the health space and then even the mindful side of it. And I, I want to talk a lot about like actual science, like health and science and biology, but the mindful side, because I don't think they are inseparable, like the, the mental connection to the body and your approach to things, as well as the chemistry, the biology and the actual biological things happening. So what right. kind of got you into all this? I don't know what got me into it. I mean, I knew I always wanted to become a doctor. My dad's a physician. My grandfather was a physician. So probably there's something in my genes, certainly in my upbringing that I wanted to combine the science with helping people. So it was just always something I wanted to do. It was like, it, it was just a knowing. And then, you know, I was conventionally trained by the really what we call the pharmaceutical system, right? In medical school, which dominates medicine as we know it. Um, which has its pluses for sure. Um, there's a time and place for everything. But as mm -hmm. I got into more of these other types of modalities, which we'll talk about, you know, IV nutrition to, you know, hormone replacement to targeted nutrients, peptide therapy, on and on, what became really apparent really quickly um, for a very simplified way of describing it is what we think about the thing is more important than the thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that applies to what people eat applies to how they work out and applies mostly to what goes on inside their head. And, you know, I just don't like this whole victim, you know, mentality that pe that is so pervasive now, which, you know, some of it is fueled by this like genetic testing and here's your genes and you're screwed because you have these genes and you can only eat a certain way and only work out a certain way. I think that's very limiting. And I just see the tools that, you know, we get to work with, um, help people understand that really what comes down to is how, what you think about it, you know, cause if you're very limited in your thought process, meaning I have this diagnosis or I can't go very far, I can't feel very good, then it doesn't matter what you do. And then the reverse is true. When you have the mindset that anything is possible and let's figure it out and let's just try it, that makes it possible right then and there. Mm. So what's the chain of events? Like if there was sort of like a a waterfall uh, effect to how we experience our reality and how we feel in it, how would that go? I think so from my perspective, there's, which I, I think you'll appreciate, there's been a, a ton of programming, right? There's just a ton of programming that takes place as we move from, you know, our childhood to adulthood, to accepting responsibility, to growing and developing. Um, and a lot of it's not good in terms of, it helps people become more obedient. And we have a lot of organizations and the powers that be will say, you know, this are the jump, the hoops you jump through, and this is kind of your lot in life. And then you do that. And then we're going to kind of tell you how to do the next thing. And even extending to what we see a lot with gurus on social media, making it very stressful for people being like, okay, if you want to be optimize your health, you have to do all these really hard things all the time. And to me, that's just, that's very challenging. And I want people to have direct access and experience. I think that's the only way we learn anything. You have yeah. to try it. Like, and so we, we think of it and we're announcing this more of a formal program in 2024 is like, choose your own adventure. Cause what I think is helpful for people is empowering them to have, make sovereign choices of their life. And it's, and it can't be too serious, right? It has to be like a playground and adventure, 
right? Because it's become so serious. Like life is so serious. And people think if I'm not doing cold plunge and sauna and doing all these peptides and drinking all these shakes and doing all these high intensity workouts and fasting every other day that I can't get it right. And that is so stressful, you know, and for sure be. And, and then, you know, I'm good at helping shepherd people and guide people, but ultimately where the magic happens is when someone has that kind of wake up moment, like this is what resonates with me. And Mm -hmm. I want to do this for me, Mm -hmm. even if I don't know, but I want to try it. And because that's really the only way we're going to know. I don't know what's going to work for people. I don't, but I want to give them options that that are safe, that they can then experience. And I think that's where it gets really valuable and really exciting. Yeah. Well, you, you, you're, you're not trying to say that this one thing that works really, really well, works really, really well for everyone. And I think that's important and wise and humble to say like, it's, it's, you've got to try it. Um, so talk more about the, the choose your adventure that you mentioned. Yeah. So most people come to us usually by word of mouth. Right. And for what I've learned is that most people, it's an energy aspect, right? Most people want more energy in their life and they don't know how to get it. Right. And they may be taking prescription medicine, feel like they're eating, right. Whatever that means, discipline in their workout, trying to figure out sleep, which is elusive, but they're, they're lacking some sort of vitality or energy. And so we're really good at helping people find energy quickly. And we do that with certain tools like peptides or certain, you know, we do a lot of NAD therapy, um, all kinds of things that we can talk more in depth about. But once they see, like, even if it's, you know, 10% more, then they start being of the mindset, wow, this is possible. And then what comes next, which is really the choose your own adventure is, I don't know what's next, right? Like, how do I know what's next? Well, maybe they want to work on losing weight, or maybe they want to work on their sleep, or maybe they're training for a race. And what I've learned is, and I know you appreciate this, there is no destination in life, right? It's always the journey. And it's always, there's always going to be a next, right? But each of us as individuals should I want to help empower to be sovereign over all of that Mm. because Mm. I think that's where it's at. I don't want people to feel like you have to do this because society or your doctor or your trainer or whoever tells you, you know, like it it really works when it clicks for people like this is what I want to try because you can't get it wrong, right? Like even if you make a bad choice or you go direction, you shouldn't be going, you just course correct. And life is just one choice after another. It's never over. So you can never get it wrong. Exactly. And even if we take it and really distill it down, even to, because I know people are hung up on a lot of ways, the people I see are are lab results. And we really look at that and say, even all that's made up, right? All of these reference ranges that we use, you know, we do a lot of hormone replacement with men who are using testosterone. Those reference ranges are all made up, right? And then people often ask using that as an example, I mean, I spoke to a patient yesterday and he was like, well, where should my testosterone be? And this was a former NHL player, Hall of Fame hockey player. And he's like, I'm not feeling good. We did lab work. We saw where his levels were. And he's like, well, what should I aspire to be? And I said, I don't know. Like, I just want to see how you do. You you meet the guidelines yeah. for low testosterone. Let's start you and then we'll figure it out. Some yeah. men do better at 800. Some men do better at 1200. Some men do better at 250. I don't know what that answer is. Yeah, but let's we feel are better. all unique. I mean, one of the classic ones that I feel like is getting more and more conversation about kind of how bullshit it is, is like cholesterol, like a simple one. Yeah. The cholesterol is not just, just the number. It's more complicated than that. And, you know, lo and behold, the most healthy foods have the highest cholesterol. So like, right. Well, even taking a step further, we have a generation of adults who are on, you know, cholesterol lowering medication at this point, And we really haven't made a dent in the, you know, I mean, it's about money statistics about lowering 
you know, heart disease and decreasing heart attacks. Do you think that cancer either? I mean, it's, it's abundant. Who invented these ranges? And like, I'm just being suspicious and curious of like, you know, was the cholesterol number? When did that get established? And was that established by, you know, those who are trying to feed us all the grains and things like that? Like, don't eat your steak and eggs, man. It's going to make your cholesterol go up. And they're like, if you put this range over here, we'll really help us sell more bread and a little less eggs. Yeah, no, I mean, so I remember when I when I was in medical school in the late 1990s, they talked about this was the big like statin boom. This is when it all all these, you know, ranges came out. And I remember when I learned that the doctors who formulated these reference ranges all sat on the boards of the pharmaceutical companies. That was like an aha moment. And it's and again, I listen, I think there's lots of ways to do it, but what I certainly learned through COVID is which I think a lot of people appreciate these pharmaceutical companies are not telling us the whole side of the story, right? There's so many, you know, negative drug studies, which means they didn't meet their goals or it didn't work out the way they wanted. Those are never published. And so then we don't really know maybe half of the story. And so again, I, I'm not discounting pharmaceuticals. There's a time and a place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you I don't want you to like wave lavender over my face if I right. just got in a traumatic car crash. Sure. And I think and I think there's people who benefit from cholesterol lowering medication. But I think to your point that you said is it can't be as linear as that. Otherwise, right. we would have put a huge dent in the frequency and the rate that people are getting heart attacks. And statistically, we really haven't. So then you have to ask, well, there's more to it, right? There's a lot. What more. has gotten better? Has anything gotten better? Like, is there like, what are the biggest issues? Like, well, what has gotten better? Start there. I, I think from a chronic disease point of view, it's all getting worse. There's more cancer, there's more heart disease. I mean, I read recently, there's more autoimmune disease than cancer and heart disease combined. I mean, these are massive numbers, right? And so it doesn't seem like from a societal point of view that we're moving in the right direction at all. What is an autoimmune disease, by the way? Yeah. So autoimmune disease would be get your immune system basically attacking itself, right? So part of the people are familiar with their immune system, like if we get bugs in our system, pathogens, bacteria, viruses, parasites, that your immune system goes on, you know, like a army attack and attacks it. But another job of our immune system is there's cellular turnover at certain rates, right? Certain cells turn over at a certain rate. So part of the job of the immune system is to pick up, you know, dead tissue versus vital, vital tissue. And in an autoimmune instance, it's attacking vital tissue. That's a living tissue. Why and would your body do that? It messes up. You know, the immune system is very complicated. Just a mistake or like a misdirection? Yeah. So a, a great example, a common one would be Hashimoto's, which right. is uh, autoimmune thyroid disease where you are attacking, you know, people with Hashimoto's are attacking a specific thyroid enzyme that cleaves an iodine off T4 to make T3. And if you let that linger long enough, you'll become hypothyroid and, you know, slow down like you're living in quicksand. And so that tends to happen based on, again, this is just general, is your immune system, instead of making an antibody to a virus, right, it makes an, an antibody to that enzyme. Same thing with food. Gluten is a common example with Hashimoto's. Instead of making antibodies to a specific food or virus, it's making antibodies to specific things related to the thyroid. Yeah. And there's the different, many different expressions of an autoimmune sort of Lots. disease tons tons of autoimmune disease from celiac disease to type 1 diabetes to oh. ms right to lupus rheumatoid arthritis 
Sjogren's, you know, scleroderma, all kinds. What are you seeing in your clinic or practice or just even in observation with the arc that we've taken over the last few years and like the fallout now with COVID and the vaccines and like what's the what's the pathway that it was affecting? And then is the solution, do we like what was the vaccine doing? Did it help? And it does it help? Does it hurt? Like I hear so many scary things about it that. I mean, I'm, I'm going by what everyone else is, you know, I can tell you personally seeing a lot of vaccine injuries that that's very real, right? Yeah. That, that, that is very real. Um, from data that's been published, that's been made available. It seems to suggest very strongly that the more vaccines people get, the more susceptible they are actually to COVID. So I think the great experiment saying we're give people vaccinate all these people and then we're going to lead to a decrease in covid which is the whole goal didn't play out to be true and as a result more people are getting covid but they're also suffering from lots of side effects of something that was untested why is it affecting the heart so much it seems like that's one thing that you see a lot of heart issues and heart attacks and sudden death is now a cause of death it is and i mean it seems to be in in the male population more than the female population really young men you know so it may be that there's some underlying issue with their heart that's being a source that's attacked you know the immune system again is is not in very simple terms handling the overwhelming you know immune response that the vaccine is you know triggering mm-hmm. i don't know why specifically the heart i mean but i've seen things with the heart, people have had strokes, a lot of autoimmune stuff, lots of autoimmune things have come up. And then we're also seeing a lot of what they're calling turbo cancer, um, where people are getting very aggressive cancers, um, which is, you know, again, that happens, but it seems like it's happening. Oh, because your immune system has is, is been compromised. Screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. Like it can't fight anything it, or it doesn't yeah. have as much bandwidth, maybe, exactly. or inflammation. It's just, it's just a lot, you know, it's overwhelming. It's like an overwhelming assault. So the trouble is, is I think if we were reasonable and rational, we'd be able to have these conversations openly and say, Hey, I know you have to watch your P's and Q's. I'm sure. sure. Let's take a step back and let's say, okay, we tried this and I understand why we tried it. My big thing is I just don't feel like these things should be mandated. You know I mean? I think people need to have choices, always have choices and be able to make informed decisions at the time when the vaccines were introduced, there's a lot of fear. Um, mm-hmm. and that fear persists, but I, I don't, I don't, I think it's a very slippery slope when everyone's, you know, they say take care of the collective good over the good of the individual. I don't think that's ever played out well in history. Yeah, it's like the whole joke of like if I put on a um if I put on a uh life preserver vest, then you're safe, right? You know, right. when we jump in the water. It's like, what? Yeah, same thing with like sunscreen. Like if I put, you know, oh, yeah. you to put sunscreen on so that I'm protected. <laughs> and that it just, you know, again, if people want to choose that all day long. I, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But everything should be available. Absolutely. And if you don't want to choose that, then that's your choice. Yeah. I well, you know, you mentioned fear and I think that kind of loops us back around to the mind and how yeah. like our orientation around everything and, you know, specific to that, like, and what we were just talking about, like, I don't watch the news. If I was watching a sports event, like some, some sport, some sport on TV and then news came on right after. And I saw, and 
you know, here in the Valley, we're having an, uh, an outburst of, and I'd be like, click off. Right. Like, I don't want the programming. I don't want it in my right. psyche. I don't want to know. And, you know, I, I, just my experience, like I had a very, I had a very good, like pleasant, safe experience. I did never have it. I didn't get sick. I didn't, you know, there was just like, you know, you know, thank, thank God, but I can't help, but keep, them sort of connected the two of being really not like in the mindset of it and not in the fear programming and, and understanding that there are real experiences that we can have as people and, and, and we can all get sick, but, um, but it didn't become part of my experience. And I feel like maybe some of it was because I didn't put it into my, into my mind and my psyche and my programming. I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, but, but, but contrary to that, I can say, I, kind of live like you live in that regard with the news and stuff. And I got COVID really badly, like Mm -hmm. like sickest I've ever been August of 21, like horribly sick and still wonder like what happened there, like three weeks of so, so sick. So it's, it's, it happens. I mean, maybe, I mean, I I mean, I know you appreciate it. It's all about vibration and energy anyway. So it's just being on that certain vibrational frequency. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Again, that can happen, but we can either have a state of fear and anxiety and discomfort all the time and get sick, or we can be good, 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 sick, good, 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 you know, and just not put that fear into your mind and just go, this is just happening. It's an experience in life and, you know, shit happens. It's true. And I mean, if you really want to distill it down, life happens only moment to moment. Like, there you can't live in the future nor can you live in the past even though our brains have a hard time with that and that's a huge problem with social media is like okay learning about all these bad things that are happening around the world to people like what good does that do people say oh i need to know for what like why does it what does it do to you it's going to make you anxious and scared and the more you play into that the more you will attract that that's very real yeah man it, i sometimes go through this in my mind, this contemplation between like knowing, being aware and trying to do something about it versus if it's more important to just live the best life I can in the happiest state that I can be in and be the living example instead of trying to um, be an activist in any kind of way. It's like not in me to be an activist, but even just even becoming aware of it to kind of be able to speak to it. It's uh, I get really conflicted because it kind of makes me feel like a dick that I don't always know what's going on, but I also am protecting my own energy and trying to just say like, look, if I just live my best life, then it will, the frequency will help. And also it will be an example for how like a state of mind to maybe be in. Have you ever thought about that before? For sure. But I would, I, I think, yeah. And so I think, if if all of us here on this earth just focused on our own self and being an example, what a different world we live in. But even using that as an example, I think what people do when they become, you know, want to, you know, be active for a cause, they're still motivated by fear. And this is the problem. If you want to help, if anyone wants to help, you're helping because you want to do some good. And that's where you need to be really sovereign over it versus I want to help because I'm scared and I'm bringing that negative energy to it. Because I would argue that a lot of these collective, you know, whatever you want to call them, coalitions or organizations to bring light to something is rooted in fear and negativity. 
So then you're spreading that fear and negativity on a massive scale. Yeah. As opposed to the intention is, no, I'm just going to do this because I want to, because it feels good to me. It's the intention of that positivity. You don't bring the fear and scarcity to it. I think that's what most people do because of the programming. You know, when you think about people like um, gurus of sorts or people like teachers, spiritual teachers, they don't really actually speak to directly about issues much. Right. They're more like, here's the way to think about things. Here's how to live. They're not, they're not sort of picking a side or, or letting people know, be careful of this and help these people here. It's like, they're really just speaking to the mindset, to a way to live, to how to think, you know, how to be that ways to be. Um, and are not really speaking exactly to it. And these would be the people that we would think are sort of the most peaceful, enlightened, happy people. And if everyone was like them, then the world would be a different place. And by example, they're actually not really activists. They're like activists for the, for the self and soul and mind for sovereignty. I think think that's a great example. Right. And you could even extend it as far as like, cause people I see, you know, beat themselves over the uh, over the food they eat and having a glass of wine. And I say to them, like, why would you ever do something you considered bad to yourself? Like, think about that. Like, why would you ever drink wine and then be like, I am a bad person. I just put alcohol in my body. Like that process is what's bad. You have a glass, <laughs> right? Like it's yeah. been shown. like having a glass of wine. And and furthermore, you have to come to terms with like you're in charge of you. Like if you want to have the glass of wine all day long. And if you also want to have six glasses of wine and feel horrible the next day, you need to own that too. You know what I mean? That's where the sovereignty comes in. Like, it, And it's all good. It, it can't be bad, but it is bad when you're sitting there beating yourself up and feeling guilty over yeah. something that's made up. Like people are like, oh, I need to eat all this kale. Well, do you? I don't I don't know if you do. Like, And people go crazy over nutrition. Like it's vegan versus carnivore versus paleo, gluten-free. Like the only thing I know is to try that's so right. The negativity of it, you know. There's one thing I've learned over the last few years, and you've been along for for the ride. Like it, you really do have to just try things for yourself. It sounds so lame. It doesn't sound like an answer. We're meaning making machines. We'd love to just have the magic formula, the right diet, the right workout, the right fasting protocol, the right whatever. But it's really like how your body works, and I think a lot of that has to do with one, how your body works, but then number two, what just feels good to you? Because then you don't stress out as much. Like, you know, for me, like I just don't do well fasting. So like that stressed me out a lot. Like I'm like, how many goddamn hours am I up to? I have three more to go. Oh my God. Like, and you can't break it with like one damn calorie. And I'm like, oh my God. Right. But so, I mean, go ahead. I feel like you have some no, feelings. I, I, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't do well with fasting either, right? And I, I think what it's all about is if we take it a step further and say, well, how do you know fasting is good for you? Like all these people are listening to these podcasts and they're saying, here's how you're going to be healthy and here's how you're going to insurance. How do you know? Like if, if if you don't try it, then then it may not be good for you. The only way to know is through direct experience. That's the only solution. Like you can read all you want, stay on the sidelines, and say, okay, I know, I think fasting is good until you try it. How do you know? And then you got to be really honest with yourself and say, be genuine. Like I, it's not for me. And that's awesome. Like, that's great. You're not doing anything wrong, 
What you're doing wrong, in my opinion, only is by making those decisions based on fear. So what what do you find the most common things that like men come in for and what come what are the most common things that women are looking for? I think if the unification that would be energy, like I alluded to. Men, it takes them longer to want to do something about it. Men tend to wait and wait and wait and think they can fix it themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, women tend to be, you know, want to talk about it more and explore it more and um, are more open to, you know, I think possibilities. Men will get there, but it seems to be there needs to be more of an urgent need that something's happened. You know, it used to be that we would joke that we wouldn't see men unless their arm was falling off, right? Like men would just wait until there's severe pain to want to work on something. I don't think it's that bad, but it's in line with that. Whereas women are like open to like, oh yeah, I read about this. I want to try this. I learned about it. Men are like, they'll get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. So what are the best things for energy then? What are like, what also zaps it the most? Like what are the most energy sucking things that you commonly see? And then commonly, what are the best best protocols to increasing energy? I mean, I think that the number one would be our phones, right? And living in like this artificial light and people being away from natural light. Um, I think most people would tell you it's, you know, they don't eat a clean diet or they don't work out enough. But I, I would think it's these digital devices and living on social media and living in our phones and that stress and that collective stress of feeling like you have to keep up always. And that vicious cycle that takes over and then you have trouble sleeping and then you don't get good sleep quality and then you caffeinate and then you're drinking coffee all day and then you still haven't gone outside and it's just i think the light aspect's really important that um you know light itself is probably the most important nutrient we can get um and i and i tell people you know when people are really sick you know that there's really a very straightforward fix for most people is just go live in nature for a while, put, leave your phone, right. And get back to the rhythms of the sun rising, the sun setting, the earth, all of that. Um, and that's what people did in primitive times. Vision um, quests. Yeah. And like, or even just, you know, the simple simplification of it, right? Yeah. Like we're all addicted to our phones. I'm not saying do away with the phones, do away with digital mm-hmm. stuff and all that. It's all important, but just recognizing that probably people are worn out, tired, stressed out, which then plays into their physical realm starts there. Yeah. 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 Well, especially when we know that phones have been developed by like those people who built casinos and taught, like learned how to get you addicted to something, just understand that you're in Vegas every damn day of your life, because that's, that's who's designing everything to try and keep us hooked and totally. give us more to keep hitting the dopamine button so that we keep yep. coming back. And, you know, <clears throat> anybody who's been to Vegas or a casino goes, oh, that sounds that would be a lot. It's, it is a lot. Right. I mean, it's it's a tremendous lot. So you ask, what can people do? We have really good success with using you know things like NAD therapy, which is that vitamin B3. Derivative. Now let's talk about that for a minute, because that's actually one of the first things I did with you, I feel like was yep. a loading dose of NAD and, you know, to explain to, to share my experience, um, uh, which is doing it five times in 10 days, depending on what your schedule is just five times in 10 days. And so it took, it can take up to four or five hours if you really can't take the medicine very quickly, because it does make you feel pretty shitty. I mean, you feel kind of oddly nauseous in a way you feel like histamine reaction, like you get a stuffy nose and, you know, it's just a very weird feeling. Um, and you don't feel great. Um, so it took me quite a while most of the time. I mean, it took me, I don't think I did it any quicker than 
three or four hours, three, three, three and a half. And I felt like each one got a little bit easier. I think like even to the point where maybe I didn't keep it up. I know that's the loading dose. And then you do it once a month after, but, um, but I feel like I did it once or twice after. And I, and I was able to do it without Zofran. Like I didn't feel sick. And so, you know, explain why I would have the experience that I did. And, um, you know, you're kind of one of those pioneers of NAD and have really made it much more popular here. So, and you've shared it with a lot of your, a lot of your patients do it. And mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a really popular treatment. Yeah. I mean, and so the basics, it's a vitamin B3 derivative or a chemical cousin of niacin and it's used in many ways, but what it's known for is being the stuff or the substrate, our mitochondria, the batteries of the cell cells use to take fuel that we eat, you know, fats, carbohydrates, and protein and convert it to chemical energy called ATP. And NAD is one of the important, you know, parts of that process. And so what we've learned, you know, with academic research over the last five to 10 years is a lot of the health of individuals, the cells, um, even, you know, getting into chronic disease from diabetes, heart disease, cancer, neurodegenerative disease goes back to the fate of those mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And so we're fortunate that we've been working with NAD longer than most people. We found that using it intravenously for the bioavailability of it, because NAD is not absorbed well orally, you can still absorb a little bit, you get most out of it intravenously, leads to literally transformational results for most people, not everyone, and not everyone has a need. One of the holes in this arena is we don't have the proper lab testing to say, oh, here's your NAD status, here's where you need to get. We don't have that. So we've learned just by trial and error with, you know, anecdotally with patients and seeing how patients respond. We've been doing it a long time that people do best with the loading dose like you did. And then from there, most people want to continue it, you know, about once a month. Um, And it leads to, you know, most people say their mood is better, colors look brighter, languaging is easier, sleep is you know, more compact, they get more restorative sleep. So they have more energy. Um, physically, they can recover from workouts more, they feel like they're more creative, all these popular things and, and really positive things. It does. It's like cellular fitness. Though. So I tell people it's like working out your cells. So like you would do a really challenging workout, and you'd be huffing and puffing and short of breath. Same thing with NAD, because you're cleaning up the debris, so to speak. So for most people, it's really impactful, not everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like people to try it, like we've been talking about. Um, and you know, we're really biased about it because we've overseen probably more treatments than anywhere else. And we see the impact it makes on yeah. people. Yeah. It's and it's for most people amazing. It might be interesting to do again. I had such like a constellation of problems and yeah. probably with the giant cloud of implants over the top of it. Sure. Um, just body being in kind of like an inflammation mode all the time. Um, so I didn't notice a ton other than the fact that it didn't feel great. And you did say that that can be a sign of there being more cell, like, you know, uh, unhealthy cell death. And, you know, it can, it can kind of be an indication of your state. Yeah. It seems that the harder it is for people, the more they need it. Yeah. I like people to try it. And, but again, some people, it's just not their thing and that's fine too. That's great. Yeah. What about, um, peptides? Peptides, something I did too. Um, Mm -hmm for quite a few months. Um, again, I, I, I got, I had such a constellation of problems. I'm just not really sure if I can be super clear about how I felt about it. I feel like my body's in a much better state now that if I tried things, it's kind of just like, if you just throw, you know, if you throw a glass of water on a bonfire, like right. it's not going to make a difference. You know sure. what I mean? And like, if these things were so monumental, 
it would be no question everyone would do them. So they're really right. like always assisting, right? Sure, like they're, sure. There's the sisters and sometimes they make a little bit of a bigger difference for someone else. But like you said, if it, if it helps you 10%, that would be a great effect. And so, you know, I think some of these things were a little bit of a struggle because of where I was at, but I did try peptides sure. and I'm, and I, I'd be open to try them again, but um, what's, what's going on with peptides these days? Yeah. So to back up a little bit, peptides are just chains of amino acids. We consider it a peptide if it's 40 amino acids or less, consider it a protein if it's 41 amino acids or more. So by nature, these are small molecules. By and large, most of them are injected subcutaneously under the skin. And we started many years ago with these fitness peptides, growth hormone releasing peptides that help the individual put out more growth hormone. Growth hormones and anabolic hormones helps you men rejuvenate, helps your tissue repair. Um, but since that time, blossomed into peptides for inflammation, peptides for your immune system, peptides for your nervous system, peptides for your mitochondria. You can even give yourself a suntan with peptides, right? In tanning, for sure. Or melanotan. Yeah, absolutely. And so we found over time that combining the peptides into, you know, unique kind of stacks, for lack of a better term, really help people because we can use multiple peptides at the same time. Sure. And it just works out really well. How Very many peptides well. are there, would you say? Oh, I don't even, I mean, like there's thousands i don't there may be that many but therapeutically i mean we're using like 30 or less maybe so it's okay. not a lot yeah. um but they they've just they've been super helpful for people by and large because they're so safe we don't see really any negative side effects like at all so super super safe you ask what's the status well as of last week the fda has reclassified um, most of the peptides we use that they're no longer going to be in use anymore and this comes as a surprise um, but they will no longer be able to be compounded or made whatsoever. So they've been taken off the market. And so it's, it's a, a surprise really. And I think what happened, I mean, in all transparency is, you know, semi-glutide or Ozempic and terzepatide or Mongiorno, which are the, their peptides, but for weight loss have just exploded to become the number one prescribed drug in America. It is huge. Number one now. Number one. It's huge. And so I think the pharmaceutical company said, wow, there's something to these peptides. So what would their reason be to take them off the market? What would be if you were to say, okay, if I'm going to put my sort of conspiracy hat on about why they would take them off, what would, what, why, what's going to happen? The the amount of money that's being made from selling semi-glutide and Mongiorno is massive. Trisepatide. Terzepatide. So if they're thinking these are peptides and now they look at the whole fleet of peptides and say, wow, there's a whole world out there that we could tap into and make it into a pharmaceutical. Wouldn't that be a good thing? I mean, I don't know, but that's and why? the pharmaceutical company. Exactly. And so, yeah. And so then, I mean, that's, I mean, again, it's all big profit. So then it's taken off the table and the challenge is, unfortunately, and I don't know if most people realize this, when we compound things, we're able to do that at a lesser cost, right? So terzepatide, semaglutide, for most people, their insurance is not covering. It's going to cost $1,500 a month or more, right? So when you make these things into pharmaceuticals, actually the cost goes up, access goes down, and as a whole, people suffer, right? So I don't think this is a good thing, but it's, you know, we have to operate within the confines of how things are run. So of course so we will. can you get any of these things with a prescription? It would no longer be available. Any of the, any of the peptides. There's there's some peptides that are left um, that we'll still work with. And, and which ones are left? 
some some esoteric ones but i mean some some things like there's a mitochondrial peptide called humanin which is still allowed to be used but again all the big but like bp157 like oh. cjc1295 oh. like ipamorelin some oh. of the, like the big ones gone thymus and alpha 1 tb500 motc uh kpv cmax selenc all taken off all of them um, but, you know, for most people, that's unfortunate because, again, from our vantage point, such a safe therapy and people really enjoyed the benefits. Right. There's no silver bullet to this, but it's, it was really assisting in some big ways. But that's I mean, that seems to be how we're these things are lining up. Right. It seems to be there's going to be more fear, more like scarcity. Right. And then, you know, you have to fit into this a, a circle peg into a square hole. And we know it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But that's just, you know, we're so, that's the way we're moving with everything for better hmm. or for worse. Hmm. Yeah. So they're, are they off the market right now? Are they off? So, so the, the FDA classified, I think it starts November 1st, but um, they will no longer be able to be compounded. So they will be, no compounding pharmacist will be able to purchase the raw material to make them. They will be gone. Yeah. There's, there's still, if people have them, can get them, but that's going to change very, within a matter of weeks. Changes the that's, whole that's Semaglutide and trisepatide fall underneath that, or are they separate? They're separate because they've been classified as pharmaceuticals. Um, so for right now, they're available to be compounded. Although what I've heard is that will probably change too. That will probably people will probably lose access to that, and then have to be a you know have to go through brand name. And to be clear, the brand name is in the injector pen. It has nothing to do with the semaglutide or trisepatide. It's the injector pen, which is where the patent is. Um, yeah. This material works just as well, even without the injector pen. And it's wow. a lot cheaper. But again, the pharmaceutical companies aren't happy with that. Who should stock up? I know things have to be kept cold. Like in my peptides, when I got them, like you have to keep it cold. Is there like, do you want to go get all you can? And can't you con like reconstitute it with liquid? Like, doesn't it come with as a powder sometimes? Yeah. I mean, there are um, places <clears throat> on the internet, which are research companies, um, that people can go search and, and buy on their own that still have this stuff for sure. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last. I can't imagine very long. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't do you any good because you couldn't go sell it afterwards anyway, right? So this would have to be for, for personal use, right? <laughs> totally. But I mean, it's right, which is fine, which is great for people to find it on their own and do it. It's just, I, I just, I think this is going to be a really hard pill to swallow people it's they're going to go away pretty quickly this is a big declaration by the fda we already know we don't love the fda so there's going to be anarchy like when does that happen like i I'm, feel like we already saw it with this whole like oh the next pandemic is coming and people were like a giant no way i'm following the rules this time like they were I, they, well, they and then it all of a sudden died out it seems like seemed like i and i and i wonder i mean people ask me that is like is there a next wave coming of COVID? I, and then more masks and more mandates and all this i don't know i mean to your point it would seem that people are frustrated and aren't going to tolerate it but i mean right. i think we're going to get keep getting pushed until we stand up and say right. you know don't agree with it and I, I don't know if we're there yet does that right but i mean this is falling like this is the peptide stuff i'm talking about too like when is there just like so like what does a rebellion even look like to what seems to be completely unnecessary it's a great question i mean but i think that's where people are starting to wake up into you know how do these things we do with government and the greater good fit into individualism right and what what crosses the line and where people are going to stand up 
and take care of themselves and their family. I mean, these are really important questions. I mean, medical I, I sovereignty and sovereignty over everything, though. I mean, it's just it's just an extension of it. And I think that's what we're going to see over the next few years is, you know, where this is a wake up time. This is a drudging of it all. And it's all good. You know, it's all going to be really good because we're going to have to ask difficult questions, which are really important for us to ask. We don't it's not serving us living in fear and scarcity. We let the powers to be take control. We don't have choice anymore. Like to the point where there's no cars, like you you get a ride everywhere and you 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 don't own anything and you love it. Like they're telling you like from a a a governing standpoint, from a power over you standpoint, they're like, you won't own anything and you'll be happy as ever, as happy as you can be about it. Like you won't own your car, you won't own your house, you won't own your couches. Like you won't own anything and you won't own your own decisions then probably either. And we're headed for like a very controlled robotic reality as opposed to this in the magic mystical experience of life where you're you're choose your adventure. Like, thank God you're starting a program called Choose Your Adventure to just even like put that program into people's heads. Like, oh, wow, I can. Great. I think the way things are trending with government and society is very disempowering and they're taking away choices. And even on the health front, like you will have mandates likely, okay, you get cancer, you have to do chemotherapy, right? Or you have to do certain therapies or you you get a certain, right? And I know people will say, well, of course you do. It's that's in the greater good. It's not, none of that. You you can't apply those collective lens to individuals, right? It, It doesn't work out. Like we ultimately all have to make the choices that we want to make as individuals. And then if we do that with really good intentions, we can come together as society and recreate something that's really positive and sovereign for individuals that's very moral and ethical, right? Yeah. But it is such a slippery slope when when you remove those choices, like all the morality goes out of the picture, in my opinion. It becomes completely unethical for people like you have to do something. No one's sovereign over any of us, right? We're only sovereign over ourselves. So... Yeah. yeah, I think we're headed to potentially a very tumultuous time. I mean, we're there. It's just how bad does it get? I did hear when all this stuff was happening starting in 2020 that it would be about four or five years. Yeah. Um, another like, area that seems like it's had a lot of rules and regulations that might be going the other direction slightly is the sort of realm of stem cells. Mm-hmm. And then like if we kind of encapsulate some of the other things from the the bottom up or the simpler, simpler to the more complicated, like PRP exosome stem cells. So like, what's been your experience with it? Do you play with that? Do you, what do you, what are your thoughts about that whole sort of trifecta of healing mechanisms? I mean, I'm not so sure it's headed in the best direction. I mean, I can tell you that a lot of stem cell companies during COVID were knocked out of business, you know? And so it's the the number. Because the the stem cells are bad now. Yeah, I mean, again, it comes down to how the FDA allows these the classification. So, you know, for example, if it's considered a biologic, it's going to be taken off the table, right? And there's certain rules. This is why people leave this country to go do stem cell therapy outside the country. I did. Yeah, there's same harsh, you know, um, rules and regulations applied. Um, And again, we're not saying make it anarchy, but to me, like people should be allowed to try things as long as we deem it safe, as long as you have informed consent, like that's really important for people to be able to try different therapies, you know, and and when you remove that from go, I don't think that's a good thing, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that, that, yeah, I mean, I think PRP is fine. 
exosome stem cells though we're talking really about umbilical cord stem cells umbilical cord exosomes which is all based on science does it always work no of course not but i think that it's very 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 safe for people to try so people looking for ways you know I, i'm going to see a patient tomorrow who's his knee is bothering me towards mcl and he doesn't want to have surgery you know and he's in his late 40s and shouldn't that be his choice you know, they, for him to be able to try other things that work for him, as opposed to being like, the only option I have is to have surgery, that doesn't feel right. And that's certainly not ethical to force his hand. So I think a lot of this stuff needs to, sure, do we need more studying of it? Great, you know, but the only way to study it really is clinically, right? Because you could research it in a lab all day what you want, but until people are trying it and using it, because that's, I'm a clinician, I'm interested in people's results, you know, if yeah. until we're doing that, we're not really making progress. Yeah. Yeah. I used, um, stem cells on my dog. Um, she awesome. had some knee issues and so she had some orthoscopic surgery as well as stem cells and we harvested stem cells. So they took, Amazing. she took it out of her bone, made it right on the spot, re-injected both of her back knees and then banked it. And so she's already had a stem cell booster about wow. a month or so ago. And like, Thank so you. can you explain like what they each explain PRP, explain exosome stem cell, or the other way around, like however it flows the best, but can you explain what they are? Yeah. PRP is platelet rich plasma. So blood is drawn from your own body, from your own circulation in a special tube spun down in a centrifuge. And so part of that serum or plasma contains these, you know, platelet rich, they're, they're rich of platelets which then if you inject them back, um, they're gonna trigger a healing response. And so that's very kind of basic. Um, if we step up from there, I mean, I don't know if stepping up is exome or stem cells, but you know, stem cells are basically um, age zero cells that have potential. And the idea is there's an innate intelligence of the body that if you receive some of these stem cells back, you can work on repairing things, calming down inflammation, you know, this anti-cytokines and, and really just helping move the body become, you know, rejuvenated, younger, decreasing inflammation. That's what it's all about. Exosomes are similar to stem cells, but they're more like the messenger. So a little bit more concentrated. Um, some people would say exosomes are better than stem cells. I think they're just different tools. And I think they can be used in a variety of ways from, you know, um, given to people in, in lots of different vehicles. Um, but again, very, very safe. Like I, I've not heard of any, you know, bad outcomes from using these tools. Certainly you're going to have providers and doctors who don't know how to use them. Right. So that would be more of teaching doctors how to use them, but as a whole, the material is very safe. What do you think are the most helpful or best sort of again, bottom up, top down, I don't know, timeline wise, but like, I'm thinking about for people that want to take their health more seriously and know more, do more, let's call it even like people, like people that you deal with people that want to like high achievers, people that want excellent, they want to live an excellent life with above normal. They don't want to be in the range, right? They want to be they want to optimize basically. Sure. So what would be the right thing for them to do on like, a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. Like how, maybe even how do you do your, how do you do it? Or how do how would someone that wants to like get the most out of themselves and have the, you know, have the most energy, muscle, lean muscle, like be healthy BMI, um, best skin, like what would be the right thing to do for them? 
I mean, I think there's 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 many paths to the mountaintop, right? And then there's infinity paths. And I think the first thing for people to realize is, I mean, life's about trade-offs. So if you really want to be super lean and fit, well, then you're probably going to have to be more disciplined with figuring out what you should and shouldn't eat, how you work out, right? And how you sleep and all these different things. There's lots of tools that we can get into from peptides, diabetes to bioidentical hormones that will likely assist you. But until you're ready to be your own experiment, then how do you know? And then and then you really have to be honest with yourself. You know what I mean? Because fasting may work for somebody and then eating carnivore all day long may work for someone else. Both are equally good. Like there's not, there's no judgment. And so I think the biggest thing for people is realize what do they want next and knowing and, and really sitting with, because this is where I think it's really important that anything is possible. The limiting factor is your own beliefs, right? If you believe that you can't run that marathon, then of course you can't run it. If you, if you think you can't be super lean with the body fat percentage less than 10%, of course you can't, right? And so really sitting with that and understand that, again, like we talked about at the beginning, what you think about the thing is more important than the thing. My favorite quote, Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Right. And so knowing that just because you read it or someone tells you like, okay, you should be fasting until you try it. How do you know? And so then once you can start down that mindset of just practicing, having open beliefs and that anything's possible, then there's going to be some baby steps. And really it's the way I think about it is just dialing it in. There's lots of different dials from nutrition to fitness, to sleep, to energy, to your mood, to spiritual practices to meditation yeah. Yeah. and there's no one right way you know people will tell yeah. you in order to meditate you have to sit for 30 to 60 minutes and have no thoughts and be really silent like well most people then that disqualifies them but that doesn't mean they can't figure out how to meditate or that you have to do a cold plunge after an infrared sauna it doesn't count it's like that's not true either so i think it's just for people to realize like anything is possible start really slowly get some small wins, which means you try something, it resonates with you. It feels like this is, I'm on the, a better path. And then something is going to come into your consciousness and awareness that you want to work on. Right. And that's what we call the next. And so that you might want to work on that. And then you may get, you may injure your knee running. And so you can't live your life in a bubble, right? I get it that people want to have assurance that the things they're doing are going to lead to long, healthy life. There is no assurances, right? The only thing you can do is just be in the moment and be really honest with yourself that you're listening to yourself and that it resonates. And from there, you just go to the next thing and next thing and next thing. And, and really then, pay attention to your intuition. I think that's what it's all about, right? Because you we're told by all these people and organizations and groups, like this is the only, this is the way you have to do it. I know for me, all of that's made up. So the only thing that's gonna work, and that's just what I've observed with patients, is if you're willing to explore on yourself, right? Get guidance on how to explore it, that things are safe. But ultimately, if you're not ready to be your own experiment, there's only you're going to be limited in how far you get. Mm. Period. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's for anyone who's wanting more. Just be really honest with yourself that the next step to me is being open to trying. What does that mean to you, right? Like, and I think these goals of like anti-aging and longevity are way too vague. Like, it just doesn't. I don't know what that means. Even you know, there's no lab test we can say. Oh, okay, okay, you're going to be good for 20 years from now. No way. So more importantly, just work on yourself for today, like be your best self today, and then do that again, again, and again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, anti-aging, telomeres are a bit of an indication. Is that right? I mean, the problem with telomeres, is, you know, the idea of these telomeres lengthening and that you, people say within our genes, if we have longer telomeres, it 
it's going to lead to longer life. We don't know though that you don't have longer telomeres because you're living longer life. So, you know, it doesn't mean that it's causative. It could just be there as representative. That's the problem with telomeres. It's not an exact science. No way. Do you believe that our telomeres were like cap to give us a certain length of life? It's like conspiracy around 120 years and that's how long you're supposed to live. The telomeres basically are the informants of that by as they get shorter, your life gets shorter. It's a parallel thing. Do you think that we were, have we've been genetically altered? That's a good question. I mean, I think there's a lot we don't know. Like you and I have talked before, but like, I'm really interested in like what- ancient- We're taking a hard right turn right now. Yeah, good. Like I'm really interested <laughs> in like- what ancient people looked at in the sky, right? And how that played out in their life. And, and I think a lot of it has been, um, we don't know, for lack of a better term, has it been covered up? I don't know. But I told you about that book, The Saturn Death Cults, which talks about yeah. the Saturn, Saturn could have been our original sun. And it was a very different earth at that time. We're talking a long time ago. But they think if, if Saturn was our sun, the effect of gravity was completely different right? And because of this, there was not day and night. There was no time. There was abundance of food. And as well, we had people living longer at much larger body mass because we didn't have the effects of gravity. And mm -hmm. now that there's a lot of you know conjecture there, but it's super interesting to think about because you look around the world, there's these massive monuments from you know pyramids to Stonehenge, like something was related to what they were seeing in the sky. And if we don't understand that, and very few people like know that their body is representative of what's going on in the solar system anyway, right? Like it's all one energy that's being recycled. Very few people think about like, oh, what's going on out there is actually what's going on in here. And if we don't know what's going on out there, then how do you really know what's going on here? You don't. So again, it all comes back to this thing is made up. It's all made up. We just keep making it up to make us feel better. Like, oh, this is the way it is. Right now, yeah, I think the collective is 120 years is about the max that people are going to get out of life. But that's for many factors, most of which I would think is people can't get beyond that concept in their mind. They don't believe it. They don't believe it to be true. So if you don't believe it to be true, you've immediately you know, nullified it. Shit, people don't even believe 120 years is really possible. They're like, man, I hope I get 80 good ones out of it. Right. And a, and a lot of that is just like you talked about with you and COVID, like it wasn't on your radar. You aren't getting it. You're not experiencing it. And guess what? You didn't experience it. I think that applies to everything in life. You know, people are always like, well, let's plan for this. You can only plan so much. You know, yeah, the whole planning thing, I think, particularly with COVID, has gone out the window. I mean, there's only so much of your life that you can plan, whether it's financial planning, health planning, whatever it is, like just focus on today and your immediate future. And that should be good enough. I want to go back a little bit to the what's out there is what's in here for kind of an at the end here, just to talk about some fun stuff. I was on my, I was walking the dogs this morning and, you know, I think about this stuff all the time, but in various different ways. But as I'm walking by the trees, I'm just like, oh, they cut that one down and now it's growing back and it looks like veins. <laughs> like, right. like, I'm curious what your thoughts are about like the nature of our reality and like what creates it, like what are those perpetuating curiosities and current opinions of what this reality is about and what's going on? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like on many levels, it's a simulation. I mean, right. And that 
um i think the the confusing part for people is that what you experience in your reality really comes from your own lens of how you perceive it to be like it's all coming from the inside and so we create and we're co-creators in that reality um which is really important and, and should be empowering right like it's it's all amazing i have a firm belief in god who created all of it and it's a beautiful you know kind of arena to be a part of and get to play in but it it has to be something you play in as opposed to something you're just you know sludging through and like it sucks because that whole victim mentality the more you focus on that of course the more you're going to get of that so I think consciousness is the driver right and I think as we wake up and individuals expand their consciousness about what's happening in many different realms happening at the same time you know time to me is made up right it's a fictional thing like time is existing past present and future all at the same time um and that feels that resonates with me I can't explain it beyond that right like I don't I don't really can't use words to un understand that or describe but it just feels right to me mm. and so knowing that I'm a firm believer that I want to be the, the best steward of what I can be in this life because that's going to then you know pass that light out to others and help others get that same experience but I think it's, yeah, I mean, I think it, it all starts from what we feel inside and then project that outward. Are we scared of AI then? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something to be, yeah, very, yeah. The whole movement towards like transhumanism and like making us into cyborgs and like it, it doesn't add up and it doesn't feel right. And when you, you know, separate the soul from the body, it's just there's something very inherently, you know, that doesn't feel good at all about that. I can see that it can be used just like pharmaceuticals. Like there's a time and a place, you know, mm -hmm. if you need to answer some questions quickly or build a website, I mean, it can help you tremendously, but they can't kind of guide your intuition. You know, that's the thing that you talk to a lot of scientists of sorts, other astronomers, physicists, astrophysicists, like when I talk to them, it's more about maybe we aren't supposed to know. I think if we can ask the question, we should be able to know, like, because that means that there's there's something around it, like there's an awareness, but but maybe there's just some stuff we're not ever supposed to know. Maybe maybe not in this reality too. Maybe as we transcend and become in different dimensional being, different frequency, maybe we become aware of new information. But in yeah. this one, maybe where we're at, we don't know. I like how Alan Watts um, described it as a game of hide and seek. And when we're born, we have amnesia. And um we're supposed to forget it all um but on this quest in life we will have moments where we remember and we're like oh my gosh these synchronicity moments where you're like i got it but then you forget it again right and so if you see it as a game which i appreciate as humor this is a game of hide and seek and, and everything is a waveform and so you'll go through periods again like where you remember and you like it just clicks and then you'll go through periods where it's like really stressful and frustrating you're like i I don't even know what I'm doing here. And then, but if you trust it, it, it will go back to, you'll, you'll remember again at some point. And I think the more you do that with my personal experience is the more you remember, actually, you will have more of these kind of wake up moments, more synchronicities mm -hmm. and it accelerates. And I think the more people who you can engage with that, who also are awake in that realm, mm -hmm. it just, we feed off each other and it gets really, I mean, this is why it's such, such an exciting time to be alive is because if you can appreciate like it's all theater it's all made up and let's see what happens and let's see how we can change that for the positivity and come from a place of abundance 
as opposed to buying into the fear and scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good luck with the choose your adventure. Is that on your website? Is that on our website? Yeah. It's going to be a program we're going to hopefully announce, probably announce January, 2024. We're excited about it because it's just different. It's just, you know, people can sign up for whatever they want. It's like a plug and play. Like, is it it a modular system? Yeah. Some people, yeah. Be like, okay, I want to do like methylene blue, or I want to come in and do NAD, or you can get it to like a provider in the area just to do like an IV, like an IV company will come to your house and do it. Essentially. I mean, I think also it'd be people who aren't that far, but they just want to try some things, right? There will be like different regular supplements they can try. Like, okay, you're working on losing weight. Here's what we think is a good starting point. And okay. It's so it's a modular system, but mm-hmm. it's based on people choosing what's next for them, being in that playground and then making it not as heavy and serious that a lot of people are yeah. you know, feel like it has to be. It doesn't. Okay. Well, you got to give us something. So what's the first thing you'd give someone for weight loss? What's the first thing you'd you'd recommend? I mean, I mean for people, the terzepatide and semaglutide works so well. My thing is we just want to use it for a short period of time, right? So if you want to lose short 15, pain. most people, it's two or three months. Okay. And I just okay. don't buy into the fear that is being messaged that, oh, you have to be on the rest of your life. That is not true. Right. right. Run into some health problems the longer you're on it. So we just have to check in. We check in with people every few weeks, make sure they're still losing weight, feeling good. And if they're not, then we pull back. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. So I think okay. that's the number one thing right now. I mean, it, okay. it, it works. What yeah. about for neurological, like something, something, so a cognitive enhancer? Uh, methylene blue, you mentioned is maybe yeah. the best cognitive enhancer. Like we use a lot of that both orally, intravenously. People do really, really well with methylene blue. It's an MAO high, MAOI inhibitor. So it keeps like dopamine and serotonin around a little bit longer. People mm-hmm. feel it. I mean, they feel kind of the boost from an alertness, mental, cognitive standpoint. It's mm-hmm. also antiviral, helps with energy, helps with a lot of things. What about for healing? Like if somebody has surgery or somebody's been sick or something like that, like what would they do? What's the best healer? I mean, I was going to tell you certain peptides like thymus and alpha one and BPC work really, really well, but those are off the market now off the table. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's time and tested things like curcumin, um, which is a potent anti-inflammatory botanical herb, you know, that's the active ingredient in turmeric, um, which can work really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's probably probably the top of my list. There's certain amino acids like glutamine, which is a really good choice to help with muscle recovery and recovery, things like that. Okay. What about for like strength and endurance, like if, um, like working out? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the equation to put on muscle mass and get strong is not necessarily complicated. I think you have to, you know, put some resistance training in. you have to either lift weights or do body weight training. Right. The, I think the key part is people don't eat enough protein, right? And they shy away from that. You know, we use just what most people use, which is, um, you know, a gram per every body pound of body weight. So if you're 150 pounds, you should need to have 150 grams of protein every day. Most people fall very short with that. And then the third component, that would be some anabolic substance, like whether it be peptides, which help put out growth hormone, testosterone, you know, for, that helps. So optimizing those for people kind of is the third part of that equation. So I don't think it's complicated. It's just that where people fall off is the protein. To boost your immune system mm-hmm. probably is always a hot topic, especially in the winter. It is. I mean, there's several things, but I mean, like vitamin C is great. And if people knock it and say it doesn't work, I just don't think people take enough. 
I think mm. you have to take a good amount of vitamin C to kind of boost the function of your T cells using something like selenium. There's a whole track record in history of using selenium, which is a mineral or element. Um, some people would say you can prevent cancer by using enough selenium. So people could look into that, but selenium is wonderful for the thyroid and wonderful for your immune system as a whole. We used to use the peptide thymus and alpha one that's out. That's a great immune booster. We'll do intravenous ozone with people. Um, intravenous glutathione as a push can work really well. So there's, there's lots of options. And what about detoxing? I think sometimes people overdo the detoxing, you know, my, my approach is generally let's get people yeah. feeling better first. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I think there's something to it, but I think my, my question always is like, what are you detoxing from? Like, I think you can clean up a lot by just focusing on positivity, getting, you know, the positive thoughts, cleaning up your diet, whatever that means, exercising more deliberately, you know, introspective work, right. Positive thoughts in your head. Yeah. Um, I think most people are toxic. It doesn't add up to me. Yeah. I think they're toxic from their own self-thinking. Sure. Okay. Well then that's going to finish off with one that I think has so many ways, but sleep, like what would you recommend for sleep? Sleep is so hard, right? It's so elusive that I, I don't, it's not like I don't think you can beat it, but I think it's more you work with it, right? So I would rather people have lots of tools that they use a lot than trying to use one thing. So we use a lot of things like glycine, ashwagandha, theanine, obviously CBD, um, melatonin. There are certain peptides we can still use like penelon, um, tryptophan. So there's lots of different things that people can try um, in varying dosages that can really help with sleep. And I think that's always better than taking a pharmaceutical on a regular basis. Um, you yeah, forgot a really, you forgot one really important one, which is a friggin' therapist. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You tell you, you give me one person that doesn't sleep well, that doesn't need some friggin' talk therapy or some EMDR or something like, like if your mind is racing and you can't sleep, then what is going on in your mind? Like I, 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 I know I'm kind of putting a stake in the ground pretty hard on that, but People that don't oh, sleep right. well need to figure out what the frick is what's going on up in their head. And I think everyone benefits from talk therapy. I mean, you got to have someone you can have a safe place to just express yourself, even if it's just for that purpose alone. Like, you know, I see particularly you asked about difference between men and women. Men feel in many ways that they don't want to rely on anything, you know, like even with testosterone, like I don't want to rely on that. Um, and the, the truth is we all rely on lots of things all the time. So being vulnerable to that, like, that's really good. Like raise your hand and get help because we all need it. Everyone's anxious at some point in their life. Everyone's depressed at some point in their life. Everyone struggles uh, uh, with different things, but everyone struggles. That's a fact. So why mm. not, get, you know, why not get some people to help you in that effort? You can, no one can do it alone. Amen. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Doc. That was awesome. I appreciate it. And I'll be stocking up on some peptides. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's always great talking to you. Yeah, yeah you too. You too. And and for beautiful Kelly, who is responsible for the improvement of my skin. For the people that don't know, coming to see you for like, what did I get? Curcumin, methylene blue. We did some, we oxygenated my blood. We had to do it old school because my veins were so shit back then. Body was in shutdown mode. Um, but I went and saw Kelly for um, the RF Thanks, microneedling guys. and yep. then- the um the cool peel and I just like it was the results were amazing and then 
you know, not long after you guys saw uh, Gabe from Cartessa and said, Hey, we're going to talk to Gabe about you. And now we have a relationship and we, yeah, it's like, it's, it was so wonderful. And people comment on my skin all the time. So um, for those who don't know and want to make their journey to South Carolina, Charleston, which you should want to go to Charleston anyway, because it's the best city. Um, It's such a cute Southern city. Um, But Kelly does amazing stuff with skin too. Yes. Yeah. She's a skin wizard for sure. That actually, that's exactly. I was thinking about how I would describe her, and I was going to say, literally, she is a skin wizard. She is. So the the collective consciousness, like my, uh, it's reaching you in South Carolina from Arizona. So she is a skin wizard. Awesome. She definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, give her a hug for me. I will for sure. Mm -hmm. It was good seeing you. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.